Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Roxanne Asuline, the jewelry designer and namesake brand founder best known for championing color. Roxanne has been in the fashion industry for 40 years, having designed for the likes of Marc Jacobs and Norma Kamali. So I wanted to ask her about how the business of fashion has changed along the way. Plus, I wanted to dig into how she's managed to carve out and build upon her brand's signature happy aesthetic. Welcome, Roxanne. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jill. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, I'm seeing some really cool like inspo images behind you. Tell me where you are. I'm in my office. Um, We're in Manhattan in New York on 27th Street. And uh, yeah, I have images all around my room. I'm surrounded by them. Oh What's inspiring you these days? You know, I, I don't know. Like, it's so interesting. Like, it's not one thing in particular. I just pick up moods or colors or, you know, I see a color combination I like or I see an old photograph I like or a children's book I like. You know, it just it's a very odd thing. Like, I can't say that when I'm bored, I become inspired. You yeah, know, some. Go ahead. You no, know, someone asked me, like, you know, what time do you wake up? And I say, I, I wake up at like 530 because I need an hour to be bored in the morning. And they can't take that hour in the afternoon and at night. I'm too tired to take any time to be bored, you know. So, yes. yeah. I can relate to that for sure. That morning time is so valuable. I'd rather get up early and have it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. I agree. For those who don't know the brand, did I describe it correctly? I think of it as colorful. I think of it as happy. I know. I feel like you started a trend. Uh, You got some great press with kind of some were describing it as like craft or camp jewelry. How would you describe it for those who don't know? I, you know, I don't know. I've been in this industry for close to 50 years and I was playing one day with some tiles that we had in my office that I used to use like just for color swatches and they were tiny little handmade tiles that I've had here for like 35 years. And I started like playing with them and put them in a line and I just looked down and I go, that would make a cute bracelet. And honestly, we designed the tiles and we, you know, we designed the kicklets. We picked out some colors. I sent it to our factory and we got back something that I said, this has legs. Like this is, Oh wow. This is interesting. And I found over the years, like I've been designing for 40 years, this before that I was on and off doing hair accessories for Fiorucci. And that's actually when I like went up and sold Vera Wang and Norma Kamala, like these hair accessories. That's when I was like 18 years old, um, 19 years old. And I, um, but I, I have the same patterns and love of color that I've always had. So I find things that are really old that look a lot like what I'm doing now. Um, but different with like, you know, these beads were different. Like we, you know, we designed all the beads ourselves, you know, and, um, it's just, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I have to say. I like that you called it chiclet, chiclet beads. Cause that, that is what it is. And yeah. I wouldn't have thought about it that way. Yeah, exactly. Like the gum, you know, like you used to get those baby chiclets and like they would all pour out, you know, and I used to put them in lines, like, you know, line them up. For sure. Well, what was your experience during the pandemic? Because everybody, the word on the street is like looking for some joy. Like I would think that maybe you thrive, but then again, who's, are people wearing jewelry? I I don't know. No, I think, you know, we were there. We started, we launched in 2016. We sold out in a day. 
We got more merchandise and we sold out in three days. We got more merchandise and we sold out in a week. And, you know, so that was nine months late because every time you order, it's a couple of months. So I think we started this trend before the pandemic. And it just so happened that when the pandemic came, one of the things that was said to me the day we were closing, I got this um, call from, you know, one of the PR people and they said, Vogue wants to put you on back page, but they want you to do a kit. I said, well, I don't have a kit and I can't do a kit. And I love Vogue, but I'm, I can't, I have to go home now because I have 30 people in my office who don't know, you know, what to do. Um, and, and I don't know what to, like, they're all looking at me and I've never had a fan. I've never done this before either. You know, what and is so, a kid? Uh, a kit was where you can make your own jewelry because now people are home. Oh. So I came in the next day. No one was here. And I put together this little kit of like beads, you know, and we did this like where you can make it from home because everyone was going to be home for the next year, you yeah. know, and that's real. Like, Brilliant. so we started like we started off in 2016, the pandemic hit in 2019. So we already had three years of like, you know, um, like we had 300 percent growth, like, you know, every year. So that was pretty amazing. And then we were just right on target. We did joyful jewelry. We created a category. I'm going to say it like before there was a category because there wasn't joyful jewelry, you know, jewelry trends like it goes like that. And it goes from fun to serious to fashion to fun to serious to fashion. But there was no way to get that much color into a wrist before, you know, and pattern like that. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about that Vogue effect. We have a luxury briefing coming out today where we have some research um, showing we interviewed Saks customers about what inspired their latest purchase. And we questioned, you know, did a magazine story, a magazine ad, was it social media? Um, but that's interesting. I mean, did that blow up the business? Did that have a huge well, effect? We never made it into the magazine it. with the kit, ah, right? So, it, yes. but, but what it did is we put it on site and it blew up on site. That was like our nice. best performer, you know, and, and we had started selling Netta Porter before that they blew up with it. So it just it was really organic the way that this happened. There was no strategy at all. I did not speak e-commerce in 2016. I did not know anything about e-commerce or marketing. I was always wholesaling. So it was all new to me. It was like learning a different language. You know, what's AOV? Like the, everyone spoke in like three letters. And I was like, what's AOV? You know, yeah. <laughs> Like what are all what what's a click rate? What's a bounce rate? What's a you know? I had to learn. It's like learning Greek. You have to. I had to start from scratch. And I was sixty one when I started doing this. This line. Oh so, my god! Yeah, that's fantastic. Are you? Would you say like you've always been the creative mind, uh, the designer, um, starting your own business? Are you both roles? You're leading the business, kind of a CEO and also creative director. I am that, but I thrive in the creative. I, th I love working with people. I don't love managing people. I don't know how to set up a system, but I could work in a system, you know? So I'm not, I don't love the tactical granular like that. I did it because I had to do it. I've been searching for a partner my whole life. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I need to, you know, will you be my partner? Um, but, um, you know, for, for someone to do that, but um, I did it, but it's not my strength. And to be quite honest, I'm a creative. Like, that's really what I am. Yes. Ideally. So you'd have somebody running the office, running processes. You'd be focused on, on your craft. Product. I love product. Yes. yes. 
Well, tell us for those who don't know your past with Lee Angel, because this is like, it's almost a blast from the past. Like I haven't heard this name in a while, um, but this had to do with also white labeling with other brands. Tell me about the whole, your prior business that you, you so owned. Yes. I, I started, I started Roxana Sulin, I would say 1983. Um, that was after the whole Fiorucci thing. That was just hair accessories. And that was in 1977, 78. But 1983, I started, I had my second baby. I started, I wanted a bracelet. I couldn't find it. I just decided to make it. And I wrapped like leather around these bangles. And I walked into Henry Bendel's, uh, Claire Nicholson. I still remember her. She was like the chicest person ever. And Bendel's was on 57th Street at the time, you know, with the doorman, Henry. and Not Henry, I forgot his name. Um, but anyway, it was like really OG, you know, like just really old, old world. And I walked and you used to have like call days where you could go up and they would you'd wait online in the back staircase and there would be like 30 people there, like waiting online to see the buyer. And she just looked at me and she said, I'll take the whole tray. And it was all color. It was all leathers, bracelets wrapped in different colors. So I've always been about color. Um and, you know, that's really how I started. And then we sold, like, at the time, it was iMagnon and Bomb with Teller and, like, all the Bloomingdale's. We did stuff for Bloomingdale's. So, you know, we became, like, you know, I've had 15 minutes of fame four times, um, <laughs> you know, um, but under different names. So that's how, you know, we started Roxana Sulin, and it started to move forward. And then there came a time where um, I want it. It became very upscale, and we sold Neiman Marcus, et cetera. Like it was very, very upscale, and expect, we sold things for like fifteen hundred dollars, and you know, like that, and very fashion. And then there came a time when I wanted to do more fun jewelry, but by now Roxanne was known for like the serious jewelry. So we, uh, I started with Lee Angel. We renamed it. You know, we just renamed it Lee Angel. I had an idea. And it was like spring bracelets. And then we went into color therapy, which, you know, we own the trademark for jewelry, which is incredible um, back in the 80s. And and um, and so we we went kind of maybe it was the 90s, probably. And then we went, you know, we we did that for a while. And then we started going white label. You know, I did Mark Jacobs for 10 years. I did his jewelry. I did all the grunge when he was at Periellis. Like I worked with Stephen oh Sprouse. God. I worked with. I worked with Oscar and Bill. I, they were like the best minds in the industry. Like that was true. Like it was great back then, you know, crazy, but great. So, yes, you know, and then we did white label. And when we did white label, which is private label, we started with Jake, you know, we worked with Jake crew and banana Republic and Abercrombie and, you know, American Eagle and all like all of fifth Avenue, all of lower fifth Avenue. How great. Yeah. What would you say we're having worked under a very, I don't know, iconic Mark Jacobs, like somebody like that's been around forever, maybe specializes in ready to wear. Anyway, uh, conglomerate owned, uh, anyway, a different, a different setup. What was, what were some takeaways early in your career? From working with like someone like Mark? Yeah. I, I learned what I learned the, the most is how to read someone's brand. Like, that's what I, like, I knew Jenna Lyons, what she wanted. I knew what Mark wanted. Like, I could tell you, he won't like that. You know, like my design, you know, designer sometimes would say, well, no, try this finish. I'm like, I don't like that finish. I understand what you're trying to say. And that's a different language. And, and I can't explain to you how you get it. It's like, you know, my, I have boys, right? And some of them don't know, is that the right color blue? Or, you know, but I, 
I know it's the right color blue, but I also can't tell them how to, I can't read a spreadsheet, you know, so, or an Excel sheet. So, you know, <laughs> we all have our strengths, you know. What is it? Yeah, you don't know what it takes to get there, but do you know, like, in order to learn the Mark Jacobs way, like, even if you were new to the company, it just, you were looking at, you could look at a collection and pinpoint it, or was it more studying? No, it was never studying. I just, I, I, I loved fashion as a young kid. My mom loved fashion, like she, you know, and so it just, it was very intuitive for me, you know, so I couldn't, I really could not explain it. But I think anyone, if I was going to tell someone, just listen, listen and look, like stop talking and listen and look, right. You know, and, and make a list of questions and ask the important questions. Did that help inform your your brand? I hear a lot of founders um, talking about white space and being able to pinpoint who kind of owns what lane. Um, I don't know, like being able to say, I want to do this. It's not yet there. No, I didn't do that. I, I tripped into it like I tripped into everything that I did. I liked something. I fell into it. I had friends that were in the industry and I said, do you like, does this mean anything to you? But I knew I'd never seen it. And I'd had a long time in the industry. So they all said yes. And then organically, it just, you know, someone posted it and another person posted it. And then it was like, you know, we didn't even have a website. I think Leandra posted it first and we had no website. I called up my friend, Adam. It was like, I saw like my Instagram go like that. And I called my friend, Adam. I said, you better put me up a website. He goes, with what? I said, I don't know. Here's three pictures. Just put something up. And that's really, and we sold out in a day. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. I love this. Yeah. So bracelets, maybe custom bracelets. I know you can order custom looks. Anyway, that's a majority of the business. Yeah. Would you say it's over 50? It's over, over 50, 50%. but it's starting to, you know, it shifts. Like now we're much more into necklaces and earrings too. So it, it always has that give and take. And it really is just a matter of like, um, it's like sensing the changes, you know. I always do it like what I would want to wear. Bracelets were a crazy thing because no one was doing bracelets. Like no one was, um, like a lot of the major stores couldn't bracelets with their bottom category, you know, earrings with their top category. And now I think it shifted a lot. Yes. Oh my God, your necklaces. I I feel like that's going to blow up into a number one. They're so good. Anyway, <laughs> um, hey, you have that background with hair accessories. Is that coming or is that part of the mix yet? No, it's not. It just every every category requires like so much attention that like I I just want to give my attention to jewelry. I think right now, I think there are so many people that are doing great hair accessories. I don't think it needs me unless I'm really going out there with it, you know. So for me to do one or two doesn't really make a lot of sense. You consider yourself a luxury brand, yeah? You're obviously so. And what does that mean? You're obviously sold at luxury retailers. We're sold at luxury. I don't consider myself a luxury brand. I consider myself a democratic brand. I don't consider myself aspirational. I think what we do is we try and give people things that they can afford. You know, most of our things are under $400 and the sweet spot is between 75 and 130 like that. But I, I, I like it not being asked. I don't want you to aspire to it. You know what I mean? I want you to be able to get it. And I want you, when you get it, to realize because quality is so important to me that there's more value to it than what you thought there was. Because sometimes I get jewelry in the mail, like I'll buy something and I get it and I'm going, 
I don't understand how someone could pay $400 for that. I don't say that with my, I'm so that's like the, my biggest thing is the quality. Like I test everything 14 times and I get annoyed if it doesn't work, you know, if something's wrong with it, it's not laying right. So, you know, I'm pretty finicky. My team knows that. It's a good thing. Those wholesale partners know, or they're, they're valuable, obviously, because you can touch, feel, test the quality. Uh, what's your take now on direct sales versus wholesale partners? Well, wholesale, we don't, we have most of our wholesale partners um, currently are really all direct to consumer. So we've just, yeah. So we work with matches. We work with Netta Porter. We work with ShopUp, Mr. Porter. Um, we're starting with forward. We, we're do we do sacks online. We're just starting a little bit with Nordstrom's to get our stuff into a store. And possibly, I think we're starting with, um, we started with Holt Renfrew and we're starting with, uh, Neiman Marcus. Great. And that's the intention. Yeah. To get, to get into a physical store. I, I think that, I don't think I, you know, I had a mentor that once told me and he said, rocks. Don't I go, what's going on? Like, what do we do? What? Because everyone's just winging it. Like no one really has the answers, you know? And I am a gut person. Like I just go with my gut, you know, to say like, I know everything changes sometimes directly. You know, we left doing all the private label because a lot of the brands weren't doing well, like, you know, banana, all of it, because Everlane had come in. So there was another system coming in. And so the, the, the concrete brick and mortar stores were not doing as well, you know, so it keeps changing and you just have to be like, I don't know, like sensitive to it. Like, okay, what's next? And I really don't know. Sometimes I have no idea, you know? I think it's good to go with your gut. I always feel like people with a strict like life plan, you're doing yourself a disservice. You just stay open to possibilities, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You mentioned Leandra. Uh, Talk to me about influencers. Like that's part of your marketing um, and what you're doing beyond beyond the great organic press. No, well, we never paid influencers. We've never paid them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Leandra was, Leandra had dated my son like when she was like 17. Um, She's best friends with my daughter-in-law. And so like when I was doing this, I said, Lee, you know, can you come to my office and tell me what you think? And she came and and she, you know, she took some pictures. I said, don't post till I get my website up. She goes, okay, no worries, no worries. And that night she posted, you know, I'm like, Leandra, she goes, I couldn't help it, you know, but literally she came in and she said, this is how much they should cost. This is how you should sell them. And I, she, I didn't know any, like, I was like, okay. Right on. Yeah. I I like, I'm a big uh, proponent of asking for help. I'm a big proponent of getting other people's opinions. Doesn't mean I have to listen to them, but people that I respect in the industry of saying, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Because when I put it all together, I get answers. Do you think that that next stage of growth that will necessitate like a business partner, does it necessitate funding? I would, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm not opposed to it. So I don't know. You know, I think it's stuff that we're talking about. Like, what do we want to do? Do we want to go retail? If so, then that will necessitate funding. I bootstrapped this business for a long time. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. If you were to open a store, is the majority of your, would you go to where the customers are? Maybe that's New York. Maybe that's elsewhere. I honestly, 
I thought of so many different places that I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean. For sure. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Your guess is as good as mine. I know. I don't know any more than you do. I like New York, but I, everyone's going to Austin these days. I Something's happening in Austin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What's weighing on your mind right now? What's a big challenge for you? Um, I think. You know, I don't think there's a big challenge. I think there's a lot of little, like a lot of challenges, let's say. You know, I think the recession is real, you know, and that we're going into it and people are spending less. I'm spending less, right? You know, and I think as they're spending less, prices are getting higher and higher. You know, I think for me, I've been working for so many years and hybrid workspace is a challenge, you know, where people are working from home and they're not here. And I'm like, not a computer. I don't want to sit at, and in a chair all day being on Zoom meetings. That's not creative for me. Um, you know, so I think like our pricing goes up, you know, there, you still want to give people value and you don't want to get higher in price points. But it's just like there's a time. If you're in a business, you're challenged. The fun part is growing the business, inventing the business, it catching on. And then the hard part is trying to scale the business, you know. And especially when there's all these outside things, but I've worked through 9-11. I've worked through 2008, you know, when the market crashed, I've worked through, you know, there's been like a number of points where if you can hold on that long, you're going to be okay. Yes. Speaking of scaling, where's your manufacturing happening these days? A lot of it is overseas. We do our custom here, um, in-house and, um, but most of it is overseas. We have China, we have India like that. We're exploring some other places now. Are you selling internationally? Yes. Well, we sell via... Well, actually, this is going to be our first season showing internationally, um, you know, for wholesale. So we'll see. But, you know, we've had a lot of requests and we haven't done anything yet um, in in terms of brick and mortar. Um, you know, we sell like here and there. We sell like someone in Greece and we sell someone, you know, like I, I sell... This is what I do, Jill. I sell my friends. If my friends come to me and go, I have a store. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, like, and so it's in the most random places. You know, we did, we did a pop-up at a fruit stand for, you know, which was incredible, like in the Hamptons, you know, a few years ago, right before the pandemic. So it's like, you know, I don't know, because I like it. I, I used to go there every morning for coffee to pick up my groceries. And I said, let's just do a pop-up here. And it was, you know, amazing. So I, it depends on my mood. I mean, after 40 years in the industry, I bet you're very connected. <laughs> Tell me about the, the group that's um, in-house. You talked about working from home versus working in the office. How many people are at the office? How large is the company now? We're about 25 people. Um, and I, we all work from the office three days a week together. And then we have two days where we, you know, I, I'm going to say we work from home. I rarely work from home. I, I came in here because there was no one in the building at all during the pandemic. So I would come in here by myself and just design jewelry because I need to touch things and see things, you know. It's not inspiring being home. I will tell you, I'm at home right now. Um, what, are your goals? <laughs> <laughs> what are your goals for 2023? I don't know. I have no goals. I've learned that. <laughs> like not having no goals is an easier way. You know, I just really, my goals, my goals, and so I tell do the best you can. Like I do the best I can and that's it. I don't really have, you know, I've passed the point of wanting like big things in my life, you know? So I do the best I can every day. My goal is really to enjoy the work that I do, to be happy, 
to make sure the people that come to work are happy, you know, and to be a fair and kind person. Like that's really it. Are you over the white labeling business? Is that we are? Something that you're, yeah, yeah, we are. You know, it's never really fully over for me. I could depends. You know, there's always like an offer I can't refuse if it's exciting. You know, if it like makes me you know excited. But you know, we we're not doing anything currently. Have you had a made it moment? A lot of celebs and such are wearing your stuff. <laughs> not made it. You've made it years ago. <laughs> but anyway, anything exciting or anything that's getting you going right now? I I I love that celebrities wear our stuff. I love that they buy it from us too. Like some, you know, sometimes I'm like I look and I go, wow. Like because they all have these false names. And someone will say, Who spent all that money? And then you look it up and you go, like, oh my God. Um oh cool. You know, it's um but I, but for me, celebrities are just regular people, just like we are, and they're doing a job, you know, and everybody wants to look good. So it's great, but it never really, like, it doesn't really knock me out. Um, you know, it knocks me out. Like uh, we had a broadcaster, which was hysterical. We had like someone on the news wear our earrings a couple of years ago uh, from Australia. And we literally sold close to 200 of that earring. That was like, I, I don't care who else wears it. Like, you know, we've been on Selena Gomez and we've been on um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and we've been on like, and like this woman on television, like a news, a broad, you know, news wore an earring and that was like, it was, you know, crazy. So, you know, it just makes me laugh. It's fun. Yes. An engaged audience who, um, not used to seeing fashion on the news. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I know. And one time we were in the Olympics and it was, um, what's her name? Uh, the ice skater. Nancy Kerrigan, I think, um, wore oh, earrings yeah. and I, well, she wore like a little pearl earring and it was, it was under like Roxette, you know, the, like before, um, in a past, like my pet, one of my past lives. And I just kept praying that pearl would not fall off and she would trip on it. Like I was praying like, please, you know, please, cause she was on the cover of Time Magazine and her little earring. Like if that pearl falls off, I'm going to shoot someone, you know? <laughs> um, this is not but, the story we want to be told. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it is a funny story, right? It would have been a funny story, but not, a, you know, well, good thing it didn't happen. Um, Looking back. Yeah. Okay, well, you learned AOV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's AOV? How, how how are sales right now? Sales are fine. I'm not going to say they're like skyrocketing, but they're fine. They're healthy, um, which is really nice. Our selfies are nice. You know, our, our wholesale is nice. Like everybody's doing like fine. You know, I want to, I still want to be growing it. Like, you know, like that kind of, I want that adrenaline rush of like, come on, come on, come on. You know, and it's not happening right this moment, but it's good. Like I, I'm going to say knock on wood. It's comfortable. Good. Yeah. Well, last question for me, I have to ask, what is the craziest uh, customization you've seen or the funnest or I, what I, you, what's I, I don't know. I, I bet you might, my, my sample makers could tell you more than me, you know, yes. of what it is. Cause I don't look at all of them. Um, but we do like we've had school because we have corporate customizations, which have been cool. We've had school ones like where they do the whole fraternity, um, which is really kind of fun and interesting, Very you know? Fun. Yeah. So we have a lot of repeat customers and, and it's just, it's fun. It's just fun. Are you wearing your own designs today? I, I cannot because I am in the tail end of my design week. And what happens is that I have jewelry on and off me all try this on, try this on, try this on. Like I'm putting stuff on. So I can't wear jewelry here because I lose everything. 
you know, so that was like, whatever I have ends up staying here. And then I go home and I go, I have no bracelets. Like, where's my jewelry? So at the end of the day, put it back on. It's all sitting over here in the corner. <laughs> right there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Are your bracelets part of this moment with the Taylor Swift Eras tour and everybody trading bracelets? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I I used to be an avid social media. My kids put me onto Instagram like in 2012. And I got a following even before I was doing any of that. So it was, it was interesting. I like liked the idea of putting stuff up and like expressing myself. And they made me do it. I didn't want to. Um, but I've always loved mood boards. And and I don't follow it as much anymore. I find that it's gotten a little bit too pasteurized, you know, like a little bit too non Like it's it's not as... And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, scrolling and all of a sudden I hear sounds. Like, I don't want to hear sounds. You know, I just want it to be quiet. Um, so I don't really do that much. I, you know, on social media, I post, but I don't really like look that much at what people are doing. Um, but people are always sending me like Katie Kirk's wearing your stuff. Like pink is worn my stuff to every, like she, she buys it a lot. Um, you know, or is this, is this yours? Like, it's really, it's really nice. I have, I have great people. I love, I make so many friends on social media, so it's been amazing. Yes. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, social media is so important for your brand. Like it's definitely eye catching. Are you, I would, maybe if you don't want to hear sound, you're not doing a lot of video. <laughs> But yeah, is somebody running your social? Uh, somebody heading that up? I am. It's all you. Oh, wow. I'm well, doing you do it for. I'm doing it for it. now. That's the other person that I'm looking. It's hard because my voice is different, and so it's hard to get my voice on social media. So I don't know. I've been I've been doing it. I've been holding that, and that's why sometimes there is no social media because I fall asleep <laughs> at night. <laughs> you know, when I should I be posting. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your audience wants to see you. You mentioned it's design week. I didn't even ask about your collections. Are you doing seasonal collections? What's yeah, happening? we're closing up for, we have June, we have market in June for our fourth quarter collection. So for us, a lot of people, you know, June market is um, their transition collection from like January and we're, we really do high holiday um, and gifting. So that's what we're showing in June and that gets delivered, I think, in October. I'm closing that up. And then while we're doing that, I'm designing the next season. So it's, it never ends. It's a, it's a beautiful little vicious cycle with a calendar that just doesn't seem to want to give me a big break. So, yes. <laughs> well, for real last question, um, for a designer who's coming out of school or they know they want to design, like you would say, like get that experience maybe under the wing of, of another, would you jump into something like this? full, full on out of the gate. Do what makes, do what, do what your heart tells you to do. That's what I, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. But learn, learn and fail and be okay. Failing. If it doesn't work the first time, get up and do it again, get up and do it again and get up and do it again, because it's not failing. It's persevering. That makes people six. I failed so many times in my life and I've won so many times in my life. And you know what? In the end, it doesn't really matter. I learned a lot from my fails right? So it's okay. Like either way, it's okay. We're human. But you know, I, I, it, I think the hardest thing, one of the hardest things, and I'll just go off for a second is my getting a great team together, you know, getting a really strong team together. Um, but you know, do it, see what, see what like makes you, you know, what do they say? There's a saying, right? Do what you love. And, and you know, the, the, the money, the rest will follow, like do what you love. 
that's what I would say. Do what you love. Do what you're passionate about. Absolutely. You're very wise. I think that's great advice. <laughs> that's great advice. Where have you found your people? Are, are, are they also maybe through some connections or? Do you, no, I, school, all, I mean, I met one girl at a farm stand. I met, you know, like all different places. What, a lot of, not a lot. My sample makers have been with me 40 years. I have three of them. One's like 25, the other two are 40. Um, I have people that have worked for me back in 2005 and then left and then came back. I have, you know, it's just, you know, people that have been here 20 years, 18 years, 60, you know, like that. And, you know, you just start to build this kind of like web of really, you know, nice people. I'm, I'm very blessed that way. Well, excited to see all that you do. Roxanne, thank you for being so generous with your time and for being here. This was fantastic. Well, thank you for asking me, Jill, to be here. And it was a real pleasure. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.